Hey, this is Nino, co-founder of Utopia. I'm a proud philanthropist who's bridging the gap between our physical and digital worlds through innovation, philanthropy, and transparency. I'm here on the edge of NFT, the podcast delivering you Web3 content that's valuable and filled with the values and principles of the best. Stay tuned. Hey there, NFT curious listeners. Stay tuned for today's episode and find out how Deepak Chopra is stepping into the world of Web3. How to say friends are a treasure in Espanol. And why the metaverse is your invitation to create your own utopia. All this and more on today's episode. And don't forget, we put together a little gathering at NFTLA just a few months back that brought out thousands of the world's most innovative doers in the NFT space. Head to nftla.live to get tickets to our bigger, bolder, better, but also just as intimate and impactful event happening in Los Angeles, March 20th to the 23rd, 2023. See you there. Move. Welcome to The Edge of NFT with your hosts, Jeff Kelly, Ethan Janney, and Josh Krieger. The podcast that brings you the top 1% of NFTs today and what will stand the test of time. We explore the nuts and bolts and the business side, and also the human element of how NFTs are changing the way we interact with the things we love. This podcast is for the dreamers, disruptors, and doers who are pumped about this ecosystem and driving where it goes next. Today's episode features Nino Saez, the co-founder and CEO of Utopia. Nino went to IE University in Madrid, Spain, getting a dual degree in business and law. He started his first business in 2014 at just 19 years old. As a student of the world, Nino decided to jump at the chance to continue school through an exchange to Cuba, where the culture forced him to see the need for philanthropy in business. When Nino returned from Cuba, a light bulb went off. He envisioned a new way of helping others through monetizing mobile games, the biggest growing industry back in 2018. And with that, he co-founded Ego Games eSports platform, raising 8.5 million euros, over 8 million US dollars today. During 2020, Nino became enthralled with Web3 and he founded Ego NFT, going on to raise $10 million by February 2022 and create this Web3 project using the connection of tangible utilities coupled with the virtual world. Nino is now leading Utopia, where he and his co-founders recently acquired 100% of a powerful metaverse company called Virtual Voyagers. For those listeners who aren't familiar, Utopia is a Web3 ecosystem brought together by four powerhouse founders, our guest Nino, plus Maria Bravo, uh, Eva Longoria, and Javier Garcia. Their collective mission is to disrupt how businesses operate and innovate using the power of Web3 technology. Nino, welcome to Edge of NFT. Thank you. Welcome and uh, pleased to be here and thank you guys for having me. It's really great to have you present. And as I mentioned beforehand, I'm, I'm very sort of cognizant of the Latin, Latin American slash Spanish vibe here today. I just came back from Peru. My wife actually is working on a film project from one of the first powerful female film directors in producers in Peru, who actually made a film that got banned. And actually, she's very popular in Cuba. This woman who's a filmmaker, who knows, maybe there'll be a trip to Cuba here in the future. I haven't been there myself, but it certainly is a very interesting and magical place. Welcome to the show. I just want to jump right in here and ask you this question, which is like sort of when one lists all of the things someone like you is up to, the question's like got to be in the mind. How do you divide your time these days between all the different projects and things you're up to? At the end of the day, all I have is my passion and, and uh, limited time during the day. Well, I'm basically trying to be on top of everything. That just uh, probably some of the topics I'm more in a high level. And this is thanks to the incredible team that we've been building all these years. All of these companies, for example, the gaming one is run by a general manager called Josema that I want to give him a shout out from here because he's doing an amazing job and, and he leads it in, in a great way that makes me run into my true passion and what I dedicate most of my time, which is Web3. And I am basically most of the time together with the other co-founders that come along with me to this project, building this high atmosphere of the new emerging world that we're looking forward to create and, and bring value for good for everyone. 
So that is like more the time that I spend with. And it's thanks to, as I was saying, to the amazing team, the amazing co-founders. And my secret is always surrounding myself with people that are smarter than I, than I am, right? So that's basically how I managed to do it. You know, surrounding yourself with smart people makes it easier for them to feel good about themselves, for sure, right? It's easy to give compliments when you have people smarter than you around you, which is really awesome. I think it's really impressive what you've been able to pull together here. And a lot of people are trying to do good in the world. A lot of people are inspired by causes and positivity and things like that. But bring it into a business structure, raising the amounts that you've been able to to raise and putting together functional businesses based on those principles, especially at a young age. I mean, it's very impressive. We deserve a lot of credit for it. Is that something that's come intuitive to you? This sort of integration between sort of doing well and doing good and including sort of philanthropy with business? Or is it something you had to like wrap your head around to get that going? No, it was something that I started doing in my previous years when I was focused 100% on ego games. Uh, we managed to build something that was from zero to one because we reinvented the model or or the way mobile games were monetizing at that time. And we did it through an esports software that once we released it, we became the esports leading mobile esports company very soon. So uh, as we became leaders, I believe that sentence or that word has a lot of significance and you need to act in accordance. We started doing something that which was pioneer at that time, which was basically believing in philanthropy as a way of giving back from the value we have given to the world. In that sense, we started working with UNICEF, and then we later on started working with the foundation that we keep on today, which is Global Gift Foundation, founded by Maria Bravo, Peralta, and Eva Longoria, which we truly believe on them. And it was a way of giving example in a sense that we were sharing part of the revenue that we were making. It was always like a fixed percentage that we were destined to philanthropy. So we thought like as leaders, if we could like make that example be followed by big corporations around the world, where I don't know which is the amount or the cut or the percentage, no, it's individual or each company should decide their own. But if we could all make that little effort, because at the end of the day, it's just about getting less revenue for yourself, but making good at the same time. And that, that way, how I enrolled on it. And I actually believe that there were many things that could be done once you actually know that those funds you have destined, you've done like something that is really fulfilling for yourself, something good and, and without expecting anything in return. That's what I believe is one of the keys of happiness. And, and that's why we want to keep on with that example in our previous experiences, such as the one we're doing in Web3 today. Beautiful. And I can see it gives, it also helps give you that sort of passion and energy that you can keep up that energy. There's downtimes when you're building a business. And so being able to have something to turn to that, that inspires you, I'm sure is useful. We just have an exciting announcement here from Utopia, just hit Twitter recently, the introduction of Chopraverse. It's a partnership with Deepak Chopra, which I think many of us have heard of this fellow and Siva Love. Congratulations. Can you tell us a little bit more about that partnership and what people might want to know? We are getting into a well-being metaverse. That's what I can advance from now. I think it's something that has never been done before. And I believe we've managed to get the magic of what Deepak and Siva love, all that amazing family represent into this new world, this new metaverse. And they're going to be about experiences for everyone that are not easy to have or easy to basically value on a daily basis, or probably if you're not like truly connected to it, we believe it's something that the metaverse and that Web3 experience can actually provide to the user in a unique way that has never been seen before. So it's something really cool. It's about a new world. Uh, I mean, imagine like the only limit that we can have in terms of building what these well-being metaverses are imagination. And we can advance that we are really, really imaginative, as you can think about when, when you see the whole team that is empowering this project. So I think that that's what I can advance for now. But we are very happy to be sharing throughout these next months what is going to be happening, especially the official release of the Chopraverse for everyone that is going to be announced by the end of this year. I can advance that. Very cool. There's something we talk about AR quite a bit in addition to VR on the show too. And it's interesting kind of like the interplay of all this. I remember a, a movie that came out when I was quite a bit younger. It was Lawnmower Man, you know, and it was like this guy that got in the in the VR headset and it kind of put him in this crazy vibe and in this weird world and all this stuff, right? I mean, 
And still to this day, just like sitting on social media or the computer and just really kind of getting out of your head, out of your body, not a good way. Um, it's interesting, you know, to try to bring those principles of mental health, well-being, a metaverse. Do you find yourself running into any obstacles there of like, oh, well, it's still kind of like this digital false land or something like, how do we make it something that feels like it's rejuvenating and refreshing? I think that that's something that we bring along our mission because at the end of the day, doing a well-being metaverse is actually focused on doing good for people. So I think that what we want instead of like finding those obstacles is always getting rid of them because at the end of the day, you can be in a place where you can actually relax, be yourself, get mental treatment, get like infinite of possibilities that will be coming along without the need of expressing who you are, showing your face. I mean, you can be whatever avatar and express yourself in a free way. That's why this Chopraverse is very innovative because actually everybody are going to feel the best version of themselves or we're going to empower that happens all along the way and we're going to keep on working for that. That's basically our main ambition, our main point and actually like make this new world like a place for everyone to be and everybody to feel good. That's very important. That's an interesting highlight. Yeah, Jeff? Just wanted to step in here. Yeah, for being a little behind here on the episode out trying to get gas in the face of a pending hurricane here in Florida. So the line took a little longer than anticipated, but I guess I shouldn't have been too surprised. In any case, great to uh, connect, man. I'm so glad you make it because I know how things are going in Florida, sending you like a lot of power from here. I'm in LA right now and hopefully everything gets better soon. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, we'll be evacuating soon, but but all good. We're prepared for it now. You've been talking about these various elements that fundamentally come down to community and this idea of constant learning built by this community, built by people who are constant learners. And really the, the idea of giving back and allowing this kind of cycle to occur over time. And so there's this question around community ownership and how it plays a role in this ecosystem that you're forming? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to start by the constant learners sentence that you said, because for us is very important and it's part of our DNA. Because at the end of the day, if you've taken a look at virtual wires, we've developed metaverses for big companies such as Meta, Vodafone, Disney, or, or big brands like that. We are always ready for new challenges, for new propositions that these brands want to build or they imagine in their heads and bringing them into realities. I believe that's a key point of our area of being this constant learners, we're constantly, you know, uh, trying new things and, and evolving as I believe everybody's doing right now, everybody in the space. And in terms of the of how we believe in ownership, I always do say a sentence that, I mean, my mom used to tell me when I was young, which is one friend is one treasure. I don't know if that makes sense in English, but it's like a common sentence in Spanish. And I believe that also having one community is having a treasure. How do you build those ownership? First of all, we come alone from people that we come together, that we are all in the business area. So, I mean, we want to use Web3 for providing that transparency of how we build things, how our companies manage, how even like the profits and incomes that we're making. So you can always audit your company, right? But if you're in the blockchain, there's that transparency. It's immediate for everybody that is watching. So if we want to focus on of that and give you a, a proper answer to that ownership, how we're building it is through treasure. So community treasury. I don't want to get very advanced because I need to be careful of the news I give out today because of the timing that we're having this episode. But we really believe on building community treasuries out of tangible businesses that the community can own in a certain way. And if they can, act, can have access to this treasury, enjoy it together, and having this treasure as the community, that's like having a friend. That's the, the, trail, the trail treasure. So that's the ownership that we want to empower. That's cool. I, I've never even heard that saying before, but I really like it. That's cool. And also love how you've applied it to the broader community. Yeah, really nice. In Spanish, is it just uh, un amigo un tesoro? Is that it? Yes, un amigo es un tesoro. Un amigo es un tesoro. All right, perfect. Really great stuff. Uh, very inspiring. And uh, again, I can see how you kind of keep the energy going in the way that you approach things. So much of your work here is centered... I guess you could call it around like moral principles. We've got inclusion and responsibility. How do you approach the concept of like smart contracts in light of, of this kind of principled approach to things? 
that's a really cool question because in my opinion, smart contracts, especially if you're building a community, need to, to have a really strong commitment on whatever you apply to write on there, right? So um, how I would believe the, the usage of smart contracts and everything we do is, is the transparency and the perpetuity, which is very important for us, those two words. I believe it's, it's one, three, what I like is, not, I mean, I relate a lot philanthropy with inclusivity because, I mean, philanthropy should be good for everyone, same as, as the inclusivity that this world provides, which we actually love it, and it's represented on everything we do. Once we release art related to future drops we'll make, you guys will see what I'm talking about. We've taken care in every single in every single aspect. But in terms of the smart contract, if we can provide this transparency that gives you this long-term utility, I mean, what we are here and what we show, why we show ourselves since the beginning, and you'll know more what I'm talking about when more releases will be announced, but we want to show who we are, why we're here and our purpose. Actually, we want to bring all that value to put in the market our first collectibles that will happen by the end of this year. That is basically what we do. I mean, we want a community build of collectibles, no? I mean, we want people to actually get it, to maintain it, and to know the, the value of the asset they're getting. And that value is going to come along all their lives, not only for a specific certain of time or something like that. So if we can apply that in a transparent mode to the smart contracts where all these commitments that we're willing to do or that we've been working all these years to actually accomplish and put out into a community that shares the same values as us that will come along the way also with us forever. The ideal, no, or, or the social romantic, but we believe it's it, that's what's going to happen. That's how we want to build a smart contract with this transparency and with this like perpetuity utilities that will make the collectors enjoy forever, no? And also like be able to transmit from generation to generation, no? Same as you when you buy like a Rolex and you actually give it to your sons, that's the collectibles that we're, we're looking forward to put out there in every single project that is under the name of Utopia. You talk about incorporating those into the DNA of the company and smart contracts and how you think about them and build them, right? But how does it impact your day-to-day? When we talk about transparency, I think sometimes people throw that word around, right? But from what you're talking about, it sounds like it really is in the DNA of, of everybody working within your organization, including yourself. So how does that impact your day-to-day life as CEO and the decisions that you make? I really like this question as well, because for example, I'm an open book, to be honest. No, that's why I'm, I'm all the time saying like, me you know, in my head, be careful on the news you're giving out today. I love talking about everything that is on my mind, brainstorming and actually sharing my ideas. No, I'm, I'm really open-minded and especially with the people in my team. Uh, how I've built this since, I mean, uh, since my first company, I, I've been already enrolled in many companies and I've gone like a proper exit in the previous ones. And what I told everybody that what is my key is like, I'm a passion driver. I'm really passionate. I'm obsessed on what I'm doing. I don't know how to get committed on 50% or, or probably 99. Like I, I always go like 120% on my capabilities. I give my life to the projects that I actually provide. And I feel that energy, that passion that I have gets like contagious throughout like all the team members. So at the end, I share with them the vision. I share with you all the strategy plans. I like to do all these this meetings. We run a team of over 150 employees right now, and we all got together in a monthly basis where I share all the plans, everything that is on my mind. I just shout it out there while I make them my commitments of like my life to the project and to all of them. That's what I do. I believe that that transparency is, is how I try to build it from scratch, like since the top of the organization to every single part in the company. And that's basically how I do it, sharing everything, trying to make everybody see the whole picture at the same time. Because have in mind that we believe that we are reinventing some of the things or the way to do things, same as we did in our previous experiences. We want to actually bring so much value to the space. So the more we educate and starting from the people inside our corporation, the better that we're going to be able to transmit it out there when the time arrives. That is going to be very soon. I can advance that. It sounds fun. I'd love to be at kind of one of those get together. I'm assuming you have some virtual team members or maybe all virtual. How does that look when you, when everybody gets together for those meetings? Is it just a big Zoom call? Are you all in LA? What does that look like? I'm always in between LA and Madrid. We have our headquarters in Madrid and it's a full building called Utopia in the top. And, and it's actually a house, no, a home to be because everybody, I mean, we actually live there no? <laughs> and everybody is, is so passionate and driven about the projects. 
that's very cool. So we basically, in one of the floors, we got this uh, presentation area where all the company goes and we bring by Zoom all the people that are in different parts of the world and are not in Madrid at that time. But that's how we do it. And yeah, why not? I would love to invite you, some of them, but I will need you to sign an NDA before. No? <laughs> all right. Sounds good. The transparency stays in the host of Utopia. <laughs> yeah, it's all about communication. No? You guys know how it is. You're ass off and like have like this amazing project that if you tell it right today, people are gonna be like, wow, how you accomplished to do all those things in a year, no, to find all those agreements. But terms of communication and making people understand all the messages is very important. Yeah, totally. It's so important to keep the team abreast of the, the general plan and to be able to share about those things in process, or, or maybe it's gonna go a little bit this direction, or maybe go to a little direction. Let's be fully transparent. But to let the team be able to know that, be able to share freely, right? It needs to be something that's among the community. Just by the way, as an aside, being able to call yourself the founder of Utopia, man, that's kind of a fun thing to just be able to say, I founded Utopia, actually, if you've heard of it. You will see once we start releasing and our projects and everything that is involved, why is the perfect naming? Why we believe on that perfect place that everybody can imagine or a state of mind, no? that perfect state of mind that that everybody can think of their heart in their heads. We are going to bring it to the real world somehow. And it's going to make sense for everyone that Utopia actually exists. That's the goal. We talked about this a little bit earlier in the intro. You announced your acquisition of Virtual Voyagers. I'm sure that's playing a big role in that. One of the top five metaverse companies in the world, an impressive organization. And of course, they've developed projects for Meta, Disney, other global corporations. Talk about the evolution of, of Web3 and the metaverses and all these things as you execute whatever kind of rebranding or reshaping of, of virtual voyagers, utopia voyagers, as these things move forward. I'm really excited about the evolution the Web3 communities are having nowadays, even though we all know how the market got this regression, but I believe it was for good. People are learning that deliverable and being committed to your words is everything you have in your life. If I do this NFT community where, I mean, I, I don't know how many I've seen writing this on the roadmap, where in one step of the roadmap is this world, no, this famous world called Metaverse. I am going to deliver a Metaverse, but then time passes through, right? And there's not deliverables. And that's what people are getting tired of. So I think that this evolution is, if blockchain provides transparency, you should do it since the beginning. That's why before I announce what I'm doing, I'm telling you, hey, I have this Miss Metaverse company, which we have delivered, <laughs> delivered, that's a really important word, already for Meta, for Disney, for like big brands that everybody knows. We've delivered Metaverses for them. We actually say something, we're capable of actually making that happening, which is very important in the space. So I believe that's an evolution that the NFT buyers or the people inside the space are need, need to start valuing. It's not about having a negative connotation about the word. It's just understanding who the people is and what they've done in the previous experience. What are their buyers? Why are, are they here for? Are they in the need of having like money and run? Because I mean, we've all experienced projects that were not doing well in that sense, ethical way, or are they here because, or they want to show themselves, they want to be here for the long run and they actually want to bring value make, and belief on making the world a better place. If the answer is the second one, then is when I dip into actually learning more. And that's something that I believe that when we start executing this rebrand, um, we've gone virtual warriors to go to the second stage. How I see the evolution of Web3, I'm, I'm not saying that the metaverses are ready now but I believe in having like a ready player one experience at the end of the way, you know, where you can go into this metaverse that I can actually jump into Disney's la Disneyland, then I can jump into Vodafone, then I can jump into this other place that has Chopraverse, for instance, where, where I have like all these metaverses combined into one single portal instead of having to go into one portal per each activity that I'm doing or what happens to the Inoculus that I'm playing ping pong and I need to get out of the app and I need to get into another app and play, for example, another game. I believe that the technology is not ready for that, but it will be ready in two years, more or less, two, three years from now. If that vision that we have is keeps on doing the same, how we want to evolutionate that portal, that portal can be inside Utopia. So we are going to be saying and announcing, same as what happened with Topraverse, 
more or same as the brands you already have written out there, more big brands that are going to have like their own approach to the metaverse, doing their own specific objective of why they want to get there, always with our mission, always with our values, always with our reputation putting up there. So we would never release, no matter which brand you are, someone that doesn't fit our values or fit our way of seeing how this world should be. And I believe, and, and with this is my last message that I want to throw out there, that being us as co-founders, me, Maria, Javi, Oriva, uh, and also with the amazing team we have uh, as advisors and people inside the team, it's our mission to build this world in a way that is always connected to the real one that we live today. I put the experience of the, the example of Ready Player One, but in both ways. As the technology side, that was the way I did it but also as, as what it's not meant to be. Because, I mean, you don't want this place where everybody's not living this part of the experience that where they can be whoever they want to be. No, that needs to be done for good. And it's our mission to build it connected to this real world. So as long as we can feel, as we can maintain that gap, being connected and keep on expanding this metaverse where everybody can fit in as long as they do good, that is like the vision we have. And we actually want to show the world, show the space, that this is the exact same thing that happened with Web2. When you were in, in the early 2000s and everybody was launching like Web2 projects and making money, there were a lot of scams, there were, but there were a lot of good people. I mean, we know Amazon, we all know Google, those ones that get to stay. What I want to say is that that is utopia. I mean, I'm not scared about what happened in the, in the market. I think that's for good. That's going to basically make the market like more exigent. That, I don't know if that makes sense. Like, hey, not everybody is can come and say whatever story and we're going to believe it. No, please prove yourself. But once the big companies, the good people and the big minds come into the space and it's happening, I think that Web3 is going to change the, the future. So like for good and for all of us, and that we're going to be so happy, not only us, but also the big corporation that use it, that this technology is actually coming to the world. Yeah, man. I think, you know, it's one of those things where we say what's reality or what's not reality. We talked about digital identity recently and how we call it digital identity right now, but it's just ultimately going to be identity. Your physical presence in the real world, your digital presence in the metaverse or wherever else. I mean, you could choose your name, you could choose your avatar, but fundamentally it's an extension of, of you. And it's like these worlds are emerging and Wow, what an interesting time, an exciting time to be alive and see this all evolving and to have a hand in it. Also, to add to Jeff, I mean, I'm a lover of the space. So I was seeing Mark, the talk he, he was giving in Harvard the other day. And for example, I love how ownership of NFTs represent. I love being the metaverse, buying this specific, for example, bottle that I buy in the metaverse and it ships it home and how I prove the ownership of this acquisition through an NFT. All of the, these things that are coming that are going to be, that's what I mean by the connection about the world that we feel today, that it's tangible, that we can touch. And the one that we will have when we put our glasses, that we all know that uh, Apple will release their new glasses that are going to be like way more, the utility or the usability are going to be easier, let's say in that way, that now the Oculus that are very big. <laughs> or I mean, and it's going to be get better and better. So that's something that I was so keen on because that's, that's the values of our company of being this connection. And when I saw Mark also, expressing something that he was thinking the same way, that's gratitude no? and on the work that we do and seeing that all those people that we respect, they have like the same vision or, or are following the same path as Utopia is doing. Speaking of the path that Utopia is on, man, let's like look ahead here just a little bit. We've touched on various things that y'all are, are working on now or that are forthcoming, but what can you tell us about the near-term roadmap here? What else is there that we haven't touched on yet? The, our future announcement that we will do, I mean, you guys will know more about the Chopper reverse because that's already live. So now it's, it's the time of respecting no, the communication plans for it. And it's amazing everything that will come along the way. But the big and next announcement that we will be doing from Utopia is our NFT collection. I can advance that. And I can say as well that this NFT collection, we've tried to think out of the box, same as we are doing and show in our opinion, the way that NFT project should be built. We're probably not going to use very much that term of NFT because of what had happened. They're going to be based on these avatars ready for our metaverse. We own already lands in the other side, but and we probably shouldn't have said this, but, but, but I mean, it's going to be <laughs> this avatar ready to use in the metaverse. But I can announce that it's going to be amazing the way we're communicating. 
the way we're going to present our roadmap, where the utilities got to do with ownership, got to do with community treasury, got to be with perpetuity utilities, with something, with things that are probably unimagined that it can happen, but it's not going to happen once or twice, but it's going to happen as long as our companies leave, no? or, or, the, or the partner companies leave. So I think we've wrapped up everything into one really, really cool project where the names that are behind it, I, I truly don't believe that we put all of them together yet. So, and I can't wait to announce it. I can't right now, but I, I can't wait to be announced. And that's the future announcement that we will do. And then I can announce as well that there are going to be two very, very big ones as well in the Utopia Metaverse side that they are joining our Metaverse as well, same as what happened with Topraverse and with some others that are already public. There are going to be two more that people do not expect or have not been said before. Those are like the two, sorry, the three big announcements. But my most passionate one is our Utopia NFT drop. It's going to be really cool. Thanks for being generous with your shares. We can always redact if necessary, but it sounds like you're pushing the limit. Before we wrap, we got like maybe one or two more major questions, but just to give a concept for those folks out out online that are still trying to wrap their head around all, all this stuff. You seem to be someone who can really share on this. What makes a metaverse? Is this a concept? Is it code? Is it a game? What does it mean to you? What it means to me, it's utopia. At the end of the day, the question should be, question to everybody. What does it mean to you? Because at the end of the day, I don't know, maybe I want to build a metaverse where all I do is selling pancakes and you just go there and I put you like this really cool show where you're going to see my pancakes and I'm going to have an avatar of myself telling you how well I do pancakes. And you're basically going to be able to buy from me from that virtual experience that I'm providing. And you're going to be able to pay that uh, right there and ship it home and actually use it for breakfast with your kids. Right. I think that it's something and that's why. And it's a really cool question, because in our opinion, that's why we have, we've acquired a company that develops metaverse for third parties. Because if you see all the projects that we built, for example, one is a shop. One is a game. One is an, an experience of watching a real show in real life with the metaverse. Like I'm feeling like I'm in the, I'm in the club watching David get a play, but I'm in the metaverse. In my opinion, the metaverse is utopia. The possibilities are unlimited. And it's like this imaginary place that actually anything can happen. The look and feel can be completely different from going to one step to the other. And where the possibilities are unlimited. Inside our metaverse, you will have places where you're going to go shopping, other ones where you're going to go gaming, where you're going to be able to play games, other ones where you're going to be able to purchase art items, let's say, or other ones that you're going to just connect to social, have a, a really cool entertainment area or ship items that you want home. That is, I don't know if I responded to your question. Yeah, I love it. I mean, you gave a bunch of specific examples of how you see what the metaverse could be. I really appreciate that you left it open and you say, hey, I mean, it's really up to you. You can make the metaverse what it is. And it's really a world of inf- infinite possibilities. And if you have that, why not make it what you think utopia is? So I like that. <laughs> That's why utopia was is kind of the perfect name. <laughs> For sure, man. And, you know, when you look outside of Utopia and the world that you're operating in day to day, what other projects out there really inspire you, inspire you to be better, inspire you to, to you know, seek the next level? Well, here I obviously got to mention World of Women because one of the co-founders, she's really committed and she has been supporting them since the beginning. I'm also lucky to know some of the founders of the project and I love their communities. I really get inspired of how they've helped women get more into the space and supporting them. I mean, there are a lot of more like women's and weapons, boss beauties. I mean, there are a few more that I actually love about the, how they're running and how it's, they're bringing this inclusivity, same as what we're doing. At the end of the day, we are four founders, two guys, two women, that I believe that's the best way of building a team, no? that be diversified, let's say in terms of also in gender, like this, this needs to be, a, we are bringing an into an inclusive space. So we need to build it from since the beginning. I'm very inspired by them. I mean, I'm also love what Logan Paul did with the 99 originals now. I'm, I'm, I'm also a fan of, of, of what he did there. I'm also looking next to doodles because you know, you guys know the latest financing round. So, I mean, that's something obviously to congratulate the people. I know that Getting financing rounds completed, it's not an easy task. I'm excited from what they have to announce. And then also, it's already public, we work with Digital Savvy, which is a communication company. Let's focus on a communication storytelling company run by Maha. 
that she they take care of be friends and Gary. So I mean that's a, another project that we have in near circle and that we obviously like and and that we will always support it. I don't want to say that we collaborate with everyone because that's not true at all. We take it very, very seriously and we try to big look on who approaches to us because I mean everybody's partnering with everybody, right? But I mean, we just partner out with their, or we try to partner out with the, the people that share our values, as I said, at the beginning, as a must, no matter if you're bigger or smaller, but you actually need to fulfill everything that we expect from you. But I always will follow. So it's the authenticity for me is very important. And the delivery. If you actually deliver what your word and you're committed to your word, you will have like my trust or my, I will appreciate you. That's what I want to say. No, the, the project in terms of talking to the project. I will keep on going, keep on knowing more and more projects. I know there are cool ones getting into the space and especially the ones that are going to be under our umbrella. We will obviously put a reputation and grant that is done the way we believe it should be done, which is on perpetuity utility and on value for collecting them, not the doing the trading thing no, or the flipping thing. No, it's basically collecting because of the value that you will get once you collect it is going to be the most out of it. That is what I'm going to always follow. <laughs> a lot of inspiration to be drawn from the space. Exciting times for sure. Well, again, we appreciate you sharing all this info you know, so many fun things happening, but we want to also get your personal perspective on some things. Hey there, NFT space cadet. Let's zoom in on the globe from outer space today to Abbott Kinney Boulevard in Venice Beach, LA. Let me show you a cosmic tech beacon that shines out among the bustle of fashion, art, and food there. It's a thriving software dev, data science, and design studio known as AE Studio where scores of the sharpest minds have come together to help founders and execs create software and machine learning solutions that are not only profitable and increase our agency as humans, but that give us that warm, fuzzy feeling that elegant tech so wonderfully does. AE's breadth of talent allows them to build anything from instillvideo.com, it's a health, fitness, and wellness app that makes your chakras tingle, to award-winning brain-computer interface solutions that could quite literally bend our minds. Oh, and keep an eye out for Token Runners, their NFT white-label marketplace, as well as our highly anticipated NFT drop, Boomer NFT. Now, for all you DGENs who strive to shed the cummerbund and pearls, comes a jaw-dropping, awe-inspiring partnership not seen since the heyday of Shaq and Kobe. It's called Edge of AE Studio. And you can find out all about it at edgeofae.com. That's right. This full service, soup to nuts, end-to-end, whole enchilada NFT service can help you. Yes, you, Randy. Launch your NFT project. Edge of NFT and AE Studio have come together like Voltron to get your project in gear so you can hightail it straight to the moon, stardom, and maybe even your own private yacht. Go to edgeofae.com to find out more. That's edgeofae.com. Actual results may vary depending on moon landing location, domain of stardom, scale and model of yacht, as well as weather scale model of yacht or actual yacht. Kind of a little shift in gears here. And it's a, a segment that we call Edge Quick Hitters. It's basically a fun and quick way for us to get to know you just a little bit better. It's 10 questions. We're looking for short single word responses or, or maybe a few words and we might dive deeper here or there. Uh, you ready for these? Yes, go for it. Let's do it. Question number one. What's the first thing you remember ever purchasing in your life? To be honest, I, I never purchased things for myself. I mean, I'm wearing, you see, Utopia hat, Utopia t-shirt. <laughs> I'm not like a really purchaser. So the first thing I ever purchased was when I first made a bit of money. I was probably like 11, 12 years old that I went to work in my grandma's house. No, <laughs> And actually, I was getting some tips from the family. And I bought something for my mom for Christmas. She, she loves Christmas. And, and that's the first purchase I remember doing, <laughs> to be honest. Question number two, then. What's the first thing you remember ever selling in your life? Oh, selling. If companies do not apply, <laughs> I don't really sell things. As I said, I, I'm a collector. So everything I buy, I, I maintain it for myself. What was your first company sale? Was there one at, after your grandmother's house that you founded there? Yeah, well, I, I founded a restaurant when I was 19 years old that I still maintain. I didn't sell it. I started university. I enrolled into a company called Shards that was about jewelry. And it was Shards of London. And we shared it and we sold it to a Turkey 
a turkey fund basically it's to do shards of turkey and it was together with one of my best friends from university so what that was like our first project together and then i mean i went more for the tech side and he kept on in that area yeah super cool question number three what's the most recent thing you purchased the most recent thing I purchased, to be honest, well, it was my girlfriend's birthday a week ago. <laughs> I mean, I had to do it. <laughs> so I gave her a necklace. I mean, I hope she liked it. I'm not sure, but I hope she did. <laughs> That's a good one. Question number four. What's the most recent thing you sold? You guys know I'm a collector, so... You had to sell something. Was it that same company? <laughs> company. <laughs> That's the entrepreneur's answer. Nice. Question five. What's your most prized possession? I need to say here that, well, probably my most prized possession for saying that way, I don't want to be romantic, but it's the utopian NFTs that, I mean, we, you know that we, not Mary, but probably a little bit because it will be all published, but there's going to be in the, for the community, for for the team, sorry, the ones that I receive in terms of team member or co-founder of, of Utopia right now is my most prized possession. And once you guys know more, you will understand why. All right. There's a little clue in there, y'all. Question number six. If you could buy anything in the world right now, digital, physical service, or an experience that's currently for sale, what would it be? Well, it's something that we are developing. And I'm going to say it. if it was for sale, I would definitely buy it, which is a camera that basically is, we've done it before, but it's getting better and better, that can actually represent in virtual reality the same things that I'm watching right now. So, so imagine that I could have a camera here and everybody would be listening to me even breathe and talking to you guys. And imagine that I'm a football player or an artist playing in, in a show. I think that that's something really, really cool. And that's what I would purchase right now to make this experience better. But as it's not created before, we created it. <laughs> so no purchase. Wow. So it's not virtual reality and it's not augmented reality. It's like Mixed reality, that's it. Modified, copied, something cool in there. Question number seven. If you could pass on one of your personality traits to the next generation, what would it be? I would, I would say in the best way, obsession. I truly believe that if I could be contagious about something that is actually like being obsessed on what you do. I find a lot of entrepreneurs that are telling me, hey, I want to succeed in my business and I'm working my ass off. And I ask them, what did you do for summer? Yeah, I went to Miami and to... <laughs> and I go to them and I was like, man, I don't have summer since, I don't know, like the last five years in my life. I'm obsessed with worry. I'm not saying that is the best thing to do. Obviously, you always need to enjoy your time. But if you actually want to, the sacrifice, actually, if you want to do something, get obsessed on it and actually get the commitment and, and actually do it. That's what I would like to put on the next generations. Yeah, man, it reminds me of two things. One was, I think it was a Mark Cuban quote recently where he was talking about, discuss following your passion. And if you do something you're passionate about, then you'll never work a day in your life. Like that thread. But he took a little bit of a different spin on it. And he was saying, do the thing that you're like really good at. And over time, that thing that you're good at, if you like performing, you like that positive feedback of doing something really, really well, will become that passion. It will become you know, potentially an obsession and that that is a driver. And I'm going to tell you why I shift because sometimes, somebody, some, sometimes no, either because you're good at too many things or because you don't know what you're specifically good at, probably you just don't know what to do. But my suggestion then is I like, go for it. If you like it, you know, maybe you find out you can always learn. That's why I support the constant learning. You can always learn and improve and train yourself. So just go for whatever you love, like whatever you feel passionate that you're obsessed on doing and, and actually enjoying every single minute. So you don't need to work. Actually find it. That's the way to be committed and, and to stay truthful to your idea no? and, and to your passion. Okay. So flip side of that question, question eight is if you could eliminate one of your personality traits from the next generation, what would that be? I, for example, I'm working on it. I believe everybody does. I would say like probably worrying about what other people think, because especially if you, if you get exposed, if you're like following your dreams or, or you work every day to actually make this accomplishment, the other, the other, the other, even though you're doing your best and you're going to always like put that effort, having your smile and having your positive vibes and energy like spread all over, they're going to be those people that forever they're going to criticize or even like sometimes that I've experienced as well that too, like even the, the, the people of your hometown, like they're not, they do not support you as much as they do or that, those kind of things. I think it's something that 
the most difficult thing in the world probably is humans, right? You cannot like get upset, sorry, for what happens or get, I don't know, you know, uh, like get your personality or get your vibe like lower down because of opinion that doesn't make sense or whatever. So that's something that, especially right now, the social media increases every day more. I think is that something to have in mind to always be truthful for you to yourself. You know what you're doing and, and keep on with the ones that you actually love to beside you and not worry about the rest. Tough thing to do, but a good North Star, right? To have. We all work on it, no? Every day. You have to, right? All right. So question number nine, what did you do just before joining us on the podcast? I'm in the office right now, so working with the team. <laughs> Obsessed. Yes. Nice. Obsessed. And what I'm going to do afterwards is keep on working. So. Keep working on it, man. People here come to us, no? And how do you do it? That's some of the things that we say, no? I mean, we are not smarter than anyone or anything like that. We just work as much as we can, no? So, I mean, you probably be smarter than I am, but I'm going to be working. <laughs> so, but probably, the, if not tomorrow, the following or the following, the following, there will be the day that I will catch you. No, same as what you tell me with the comparison we discussed before. That's why I obviously enroll people to work because I believe on skills, I believe on training, I believe on improving yourself every day. That's the mentality. <laughs> All right, Kobe Bryant, love it. Question ten: What are you going to do next after the podcast? Going back to work. Hey, there it is. We already answered it, didn't we? I wish I could tell you something. I mean, I'm going to this soccer match. No, no. <laughs> I stay at the office working. <laughs> hey, so it looks like we have a bonus question that came in here from... Oh, let's hit that one. Yeah, from one of our listeners. Go ahead. You have a special word that describes yourself in your Twitter bio, philanthropeneur. What is a philanthropeneur? It's a person that believes on giving back as a way of thanking the world for what is given. I love to work. I love to create. I love to build. But one of the ambitions that I have that drive me to keep on pushing and pushing and actually like get the less rest that I, that I possibly can is actually the power of making good. If you know that, I mean, for example, you enroll your NFTLA, the day of tomorrow, you're getting as you are, no? getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And you know that the more bigger you get, the more you can give back to people in need. That's what I believe. That's being a field entrepreneur. And that's something that I share with the other co-founders of the team. And that, I mean, it defines who we are because all of us, thank God for that, but we come from a position that we just work for fun. We just work to do good. And we work all got obsessed on what we do, but we only do it if, if we truly believe that it's going to make an impact in the world. That's why we do it. And just for good, like just for fun, we believe in love and joy as, our, as the, the two words that drive us. And if you can be, give back at the same time, that's just the perfect match for everything and to keep on growing. Absolutely. We'll move on now to our hot topic segment for today. Today's hot topic is all about the exciting upcoming launch of HyperSign ID. We're fortunate to have Vikram Bhushan, co-founder and product and engineering lead of HyperMind Labs, joining us to talk about the drop of HyperSign Testnet 28th of September, which means it is happening ASAP. <laughs> Tomorrow, if you're catching this immediately after our recording. Vikram, welcome to Edge of NFT. I understand you're in Singapore right now, and we just found out <laughs> you're there with some of our teams. So we'll actually have to connect with you live and in person. Would love to meet them, figure out some time to have a chat over coffee. Very cool. Thank you very much for inviting me to come on the show. For sure. And Singapore is the place to be right now. Like, There's certainly a lot of people in our circles that we're talking to, uh, you know, podcast guests, so, so on and so forth. And they say, oh, you're in Singapore. I'm personally in Chicago right now. But they're saying, oh, I'm, everybody's going to Singapore. I wish I could go. I'm glad you could make it out there and be a part of the excitement. But yeah, let's talk a little bit about Hypermind. I have here, this is an avant-garde technology and research organization that's dedicated to building trust and transparency in the real world with a vision to create sort of of special world, right? Visioned uh, by uh, Hypermind here. So privacy is a fundamental right where data is secure and belongs to us. Can you talk a little bit about why that's such a central tenant of what you're doing? Yeah, indeed. So basically, in our opinion, actually in real world, there is certain amount of privacy, meaning that if you are in a room and if your room room's door and windows are locked, probably what you are speaking, no one else will hear it. But when it comes to the digital world, 
the way the internet was built is completely broken meaning that the foundation of internet was built around centralized identity providers it basically converted into that and now they are the custodian of everything which leads although we feel that these are very helpful tools but it ended up in breaking the whole privacy so there is literally no privacy on internet currently baby steps being taken by the web3 ecosystem or even other developers who are focused on privacy technology so we just feel the pain one of our co-founder irfan he has been working in identity ecosystem business for a long time like he was part of many national id projects in europe and africa basically he understood how bad it is <laughs> in terms of privacy it might be helping the users in some way these infrastructure but there is absolutely no privacy so we thought since it is so close to our heart probably we can work on it initially it was just hackathons we were participating in multiple hackathons building simple proof of concept and which is now being launched as a chain it's a super important issue right and it's it's yeah privacy is so such a flexible concept these days and, and so many people are <laughs> the strange part about it is it's private how much your privacy has been invaded right so it's like there's a lot of details about us individually that get into the hands of marketers and companies and all this stuff and of course they don't really want to tell us everything they have access to because it's going to creep us out more and more and more that it's funny now that i think about how that information that has been given and that is looked at and this analyzed and access that is actually what's kept private from us whose information it is it's pretty ridiculous a simple way to understand if the audience are already crypto friendly a wallet can be actually tracked how the funds were transferred this is not possible in web2 because every business will tell you that i'm not exploiting your data but you don't know if they are exploiting your data or not the reason being that you don't control your data and that's where the problem with privacy comes because we are letting control of our data to someone else and they are the custodian and we have no audit see as a user i'm not talking about big institutions auditing firms even if they do but there is no transparency report but if you look at blockchain you can actually audit every smart contract every transaction what if this could be done for data like uh, moving forward user manage their own data all these businesses just provide you legos of how do you manage these data and then you have complete audit trail of how or and when the data, uh, data was used even if you are exchanging data with a business they would think 10 times before sharing it with someone else without your consent. Yeah, it's beautiful. We've talked about identity, privacy. There's clearly like a whole world of creativity and implementation to go on here and how we manipulate privacy and identity. This need for decentralized identity and verifiable credentials in web3 and in the web in general is is very strong. How does hypersign actually solve for this gap in the market? If you look at web3, actually there is no privacy there is pseudo privacy but the issue is as soon as your wallet is exposed in a way it solves the trail problem like storage is moving so how is it moving and where it is moving but then it created another problem which is like everything is public in a public blockchain so that's where the identity problem starts in web3 world blockchain do not have any identity it's completely trustless and it, everything is public so you cannot store private data meaning that the whole blockchain ecosystem needs basically another layer of identity infrastructure basically abstract the private data and somehow connect it with the web3 identity that we have our wallets and somehow we have like credentials which could define us in the web3 world and the web2 world both so basically a bridge between our private data which cannot go on chain and our existing web3 identity so basically hypersign is trying to do that like creating which could basically with the help of dids and verifiable credential so basically mm-hmm. there are two different technology which hypersign is built on and it's part of self sovereign identity so what did does is like just provide a unique identifier just like your wallet address but it has lot many features related with data management private data management and this dids can be verified on chain 
meaning any data which is being issued to you from a business or you issuing some data information to another business all these can be verified on chain but kept off chain and the way to keep off chain it's called verifiable credential so these are as i told you lego so when you look at a ship right so ship has container and you can put any type of things inside the container but it's all structured like just container is standard so similarly verifiable credentials containers to store private information which can be verified on chain and that's when the centralized third party provider need not have to be custodian of your data they just need to provide you an infrastructure where it's actually controlled by your wallets what i mean and then you share the verifiable credential to the businesses that you interact and they can verify that these are authentic data set by querying your dids it is i think essentially i'm getting the analogy you have a very strong sturdy ship which is a impenetrable could consider it some type of like warship it is not a war going on but it's very sturdy it's very secure you can't get things out of it that are inside and i want to put my things in there so i can move them around in a way that's secure and basically you're saying you're not going to ride on the ship you're not going to be inside the ship you're just going to provide the ship hey here's a ship you want to take your data you want to move it around secure way we're going to make a ship where you can do that easily yeah and since i told you the example of containers you cannot actually see inside a container what is inside imagine like this some data which is supposed to be verified by a public blockchain but it's in a container so only the container can be verified and since the container is verified you are the network thinks that the data inside it is actually verified data by the right issuing authority so this way even if you are putting private data like suppose you have a credential and you are accessing a lending platform and this credential is a kyc credential previously there is no way to do this because if you send your actual private information like your address on a public blockchain the node validators can see actually what's going inside the transaction right so but if you containerize this into zero knowledge credentials and then if you send to a smart contract the smart contract can only verify signatures they don't need to actually check what's the private data the zero knowledge technology can help to verify amount of data for a very simple example a smart contract needs to verify your date of birth but it doesn't need to verify your date of birth it needs to verify just that how old are you like are you older than 30 30 years or you are younger example that could be possible using verifiable credentials very cool let's switch the topic here a little bit there's a marketing tool that's been created called fire and it's been growing it's created for the blockchain industry can you tell us a little bit more about that and then we have a demo video that we'll make sure listeners check out as well one of the use cases of decentralized identity is definitely airdrops because airdrop is web3 problem it's huge it's a basic build marketing tool to create communities bootstrap community and when we actually did our token sale we realized that most of our airdrops what was actually taken over by bots meaning that just one developer writing script to fill a complete form with thousands or 40000 plus request and then we end up giving all the airdrops to just one or two person we felt like what if very small simple problem but it is across the industry you know regardless of what community you choose for example cosmos ecosystem the networks bootstrap by airdropping tokens to atom holders but many vcs and many validators have like thousands of wallets and they do that because they can get airdrop from the new projects we saw the spain and we thought like if we have to figure out a go to market strategy for our dids to be utilized and for our sdks to be tested in production the developers need to see example existing stamp example what they can build so we basically looked at these problem a marketing person has in web3 and we built one simple tool where we connected all their social and as i was telling on chain and off chain information like your social identity your wallets wallet score kyc all of these in just one simple tool and it looked exactly like an existing uh, web2 product but it is much more secure and much more able to basically give a better results in terms of bot verification and then we started approaching you know different projects if they would use we got lucky nft la tried it and web3 ethereum some of the ethereum events they tried it and that gave us some community and from there now we see a steady growth every month on month we are seeing last month we saw like 80000 plus dids were created on that platform 
if you look at any project in DID and check the numbers, this is much more than any existing uh, protocol because our use case is so simple and it is actually needed. Very few people are trying to solve using DID. Probably that worked for us. That's one. And the second one is, as I told you, as we progress from the network side, since our testnet is going tomorrow live, the whole fire product moves into testnet and then to the mainnet. All the authentication is happening through our HyperSign identity wallet. So by default, we have now active 40,000 users on our platform active. Like if you ask Pankaj, he might be able to give you like all those numbers, you know, like minute and hourly, how many active users are there. So, and these are all using our wallet. Probably on the day one of network launch, we have 40,000 HyperSign ID wallet already created. That was a grow-to-market strategy for HyperSign, but we wanted to contribute to our partners. And luckily, now we have 500 plus partners and many of them, they appreciated this product. Very cool. We wish I could spend all day with you, but we only have a bit for our hot topic. And it's been really interesting. Really excited to connect you with, with Josh and Audrey out there in Singapore too. And you guys can have a drink and enjoy evening after the conference or, or at a meeting or something. So that's exciting. Before we roll out, share with us where people can go to find out more about uh, you and, and what you're up to. On Twitter, you can just find me DID space intern. And my project is called HyperSign. So Twitter handle is HyperSign Chain, H-Y-P-E-R-S-I-G-N-C-H-A-I. All right. Well, before we wrap, Nino, we really need to make sure that folks know where to follow you in this amazing vision and company that y'all are working on here. Where should they go? What's the best place to uh, keep track of everything you're doing? At Utopia slash W3, both in Twitter and, and Instagram and TikTok. Those are the three ones. We will be releasing the different social media, the NFT project. And also the other two ones that we have live out there is Utopia Voyagers, Utopia slash B-G-E-R-S, and the Chopravers. That is already live in, in media, and we will be announcing more and more from there. All right. Check out Utopia. Check out Nino and what the team and him are up to. Lots of passion, lots of obsession, lots of core values and everything that they're doing. So check them out and we'll be keeping a close tab as well. I think we've reached the outer limit at the edge of NFTs for today. So thanks for exploring with us. We've got space for more adventurers on this starship. So invite your friends and recruit some cool strangers that will make this journey all so much better. How? Go to Spotify or iTunes right now, rate us and say something awesome. Then go to edgeofnft.com to dive further down the rabbit hole. Also look us up on all major social platforms by typing edge of NFT with no spaces and start a fun conversation with us online. Lastly, be sure to tune in next time for more great NFT content. Thanks again for sharing this time with us today. The views and opinions expressed on the Edge of NFT podcast reflect solely those views and opinions of the show creators and its guests. We're learning as we go, just like you. Please make sure to do your own research. Our podcast is not financial advice. There are multiple strategies and not all strategies fit all people. You understand that you are using any and all information available on or through this podcast at your own risk.